Paper Skies. You want to introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Dan Paper Skies. I'm a Malag Step producer, uh, and I'm excited for this AMA. Cool, great, cool, great. That's good. Okay, so I'm gonna just go over like one quick thing, real quick. Sure. You might, all of y'all watching afterwards, y'all probably wondering where the heck is Flux? Well, they're bed and they didn't sleep. <laughs> And now they're somewhere else. And then I and now I have to take over. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> so I guess we should start with some questions and start with some questions. Alright, alright. Or oh wait, I have to go on this channel. Okay. It is loading. <laughs> okay. First question. From Bandoom, what's Gucci Buster? <laughs> it was what's what? What's Gucci Buster? What's Gucci Buster? Yeah, everything's Gucci, man. I mean, today, you know, I got up a little bit late, got a little bit of extra sleep since I was up until like two in the morning, um, binging like old YouTube groups on YouTube. It was a good time, you know, having relived those experiences since I was a kid, and. Uh, a lot of memories seeing Mario's head explode really largely. That is the vibe. I like, I like. What's Gucci right now? It's right really, now. that's the vibe. All right. Uh, let's just move on. Next question from Trio What is your preferred doll? Um, right now I'm using FL Studio and I haven't really had the chance to experiment with like a whole ton of other dolls. Um, I really want to get in Tableton. I've promised myself like three summers in a row now that I was going to learn it. Oh. And uh, I'm doing the same thing. This summer I will learn Ableton. But um, I guess it all depends on time. Regardless, I mean, every dog is virtually the same in the way that you can work in it. It's just how you utilize the tools. But um, I just like NFL for its kind of like little color coordination. The fact that everything isn't routed to directly one track and then you can space it out kind of how you want to. And um, how you really have the option of being messy or clean if you want to with anything. Nice. Um, I don't know. I wish I knew more about music so I could actually say things. But <laughs> I mean, I know things about music. It could be like serum <laughs> or super saw. Like I know, I know some stuff. Super saws are, are the definition of paper saws. <laughs> All right. This kind of ties into the last question. What is your favorite? Oh no! What are your favorite programs? Ah, I can't read. What are your favorite plugins and why? <laughs> um, my favorite plugins right now. Um, I've been using Serum a lot more than I thought. I was always like a hardware guy for the first like three years of my production, and I'd always talk like hardware is better than Serum, not better, but like that it's still you know as diverse as what you can do with it. But um, I'm realizing a lot more that Serum is definitely, you know, a plugin that you can't avoid if you really want to expand your sound design game. Um, in terms of just, like, effects plugins, I'm using one called Disperser, like, a ton. It's really good for, like, plucks and basses and making your stuff 
sound a little bit less like harsh in the high end and have kind of more of a bubbly, uh, transient or texture to it. Mm. So a lot of my tracks that I'm going to have coming out uh, since after my EP, nothing announced or set in stone yet. But um, they have a lot of these very, I guess, like fast-paced, like machine gun-esque basses. And uh, just throwing a disperser on that makes them sound so much more like bouncy in the headphones and just makes your mix sound awesome. Oh, okay. That's cool. Cool tips. Cool tips with papers, guys. <laughs> uh, <coughs> let's, let's do like a quick, like, funny one, dumb funny question. So, sure. if you're Scott, so this is for me. If your skies are indeed paper, then how did your ozone layer work? <laughs> um, it's a, it's a special kind of a waterproof slash space proof paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually allows anything to go uh, in and out of it. Except oh. for bad vibes are, are not allowed into my, my atmosphere. Dang. That, <laughs> that's, that's pretty deep. It's um, pretty deep. I'm 14. This is deep. <laughs> um, uh, this kind of ties into the last question. True. Where did so? Where did the name Paper Skies come from? Okay, that one's um a little tricky. So I'll go through I guess the timeline. Um, when I started producing almost five years ago, um, I started with the name DSI seven eight nine eight because it was my old like club penguin username when I was a kid, <laughs> and I just happened to stick with it. Um, my full name is Daniel Sanchez, so that's where the DS came from. Yeah. And uh, I needed numbers on the keyboard, so I did 7898 eight, because they're all right next to each other. And then um, I added the I because I figured that the Nintendo DSi was my current favorite video game system. Mm-hmm. So that's the combination of that name. And then once I realized that that is the worst SoundCloud name in existence, and I was getting roasted harder than a SoundCloud rapper, um, I decided to change it to Paper Planes because... It was the name of a virtual riot tune that I really, really enjoyed. And uh, <laughs> as I kept searching for other names, because I was sitting with a friend at the time, I remember it really well. He was like, um, dude, you can't just name yourself after someone else's song. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I spent a full hour searching for other names. And it always came back to like Paper Planes being like a good name for me, just because it kind of referred to that melodic style that I had. And um, in terms of searching paper planes online, it was uh, a, a little easier to find, minus the fact that, you know, tons of images of paper planes come up first. But in terms of <laughs> and producers, there wasn't really anything in that kind of range. So I figured it was good. Then um, in my second year of production, uh, I got a message from Nest HQ. And it was basically like, hey, we signed this new duo um, and their name is Paper Planes. You need to change your name. And I was like, oh, shit, because I was a little kid and I thought I was going to get sued by Skrillex. So I was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed it to Paper Skies because the name of my Discord server was uh, was just Skies because mm-hmm. I figured paper planes fly in the skies. So that changing it wouldn't be too big of a shock because people would know what's up. And I really, really have grown to like this name like a lot more than my previous and um, and it goes to that whole searchability thing too. Now, if you search Paper Skies online, my music is the first result, which is amazing for me because it just happened to be one of those names that no one has really graced or like touched around. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a lot easier to find for other people. So I'm really happy with it. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yes. Um, the Paper Planes thing is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, <laughs> really out here. And I was sitting at place. this Italian restaurant with my family, and I'm waiting for my spaghetti bolognese, and I'm so excited because it's my favorite food. And my mood just got completely ruined because I checked. I don't even think it was my phone. It might have been like my iPod connected to the Wi-Fi at the time. I don't even know. <laughs> I whatever electronic device I had, and it was just like Nest HQ. And I was like, oh, shit. And then also I received a message from an artist named Control Freak on uh, Skype. Back when Skype was the thing. And he was like, yo, dude, congrats on Nest HQ. And I was like, what do you mean? And the Nest HQ uh, SoundCloud page had updated their SoundCloud banner to like reflect the new release that was coming out, which was that Paper Planes EP. Mm-hmm. And he thought that I was releasing on Nest HQ. So he congratulated me. I was like, what the hell? And then I checked my email. And I saw the email from Nest HQ. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's move on to the next question. Uh, I, this question is from Lofi. What was your favorite track to work on? Um, my favorite song to work on? This is kind of a bad answer, I guess, so I'll fix it later. But um, it's definitely all the new stuff that I have coming up for 2020 that people haven't heard yet. Just because um, since my EP, I've been, again, like trying to just experiment a little bit more not only with like sound design, but finding different ways to keep my, like, I guess if it's even a thing, my quote unquote signature melodic sound while uh, not, you know, using just saw stacks and my lead and whatsoever. And I think my EP was a good step away in that direction compared to my old tracks, but compared to the new stuff I've coming out, I'd say the EP doesn't come there, which I'm really excited for. But besides that, since that is a terrible answer, so no one can hear it, um, my favorite track to work on was probably. Uh, it's tough between Celestial and Comet, but I'm going to have to go with Celestial just because I remember genuinely through the whole entire process of making that track being really excited to release it. And um, it felt like the first time I had really created a product that I did think that, you know, in the long term, I would still enjoy. Because listening back to a lot of my old songs now from three, four years ago, you know, you listen to them and you're like, yes, this is like listenable EDM. But it's not something I would throw on my playlist. And I feel like Celestial was the first track that actually set me up as an artist to be like, you know, this guy maybe has something going. Hey, um, I got a surprise I got a surprise question real quick in the middle of our uh in the middle of your explanation about Celestial. Uh I got a question from Stormweb Z. He okay. he wants to know what the heck the dog was doing in the background while you were explaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dog's name is Cody. He's, um, we're not sure, but he's some breed of dog because we found him on Kijiji and uh, they promised that he would be a teacup Pomeranian, which means that he doesn't really get much bigger than the size of your hand. And now he's really big and really fat. And every once in a while, when uh, anyone walks by her house and breaks into an aneurysm and um, just absolutely has a seizure. And, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly what's happening there. So in the middle of his AMA, if you hear me scream his name vigorously up the stairs, um, you'll know why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. All right. Um, next question from Delay18. What was right. your inspiration to make the Restraint Remix? Oh my gosh, that's an old one. Um... Yeah, my Australian mix was is is the first public track that I have on my SoundCloud. I'm pretty sure it might be Coral of Olivia, but that's not even on my SoundCloud. But um, 
yeah, the restraint remix. Uh, I was a really, really big fan of Paywire, still am. And um, that was like the one track that kind of felt, I guess, incomplete on his uh, album EP. I, I really hope I didn't mess that up. But um, obviously it was meant as kind of like an interlude. But I did have the idea of doing a lot more with it. I was getting a lot more into that kind of lo-fi-ish style. And I wanted to see if I could kind of blend electronic and uh, what I'd been listening to with, uh, you know, one of my favorite artists. And there was no reason that I did it in particular. Like, I didn't realize after releasing it that I would get a lot of attention from a lot of Monster Cat fans, which is really cool. But um, I mainly just did it because I enjoyed the tune and I finished the remix in like a day. And I was like, she, I might as well just drop this on my SoundCloud. And I did. And it ended up being a song that I actually keep public uh, on my SoundCloud from a couple of years ago because all of my other music from that time frame has been private because I don't think it holds up, but I'm really happy with it. Great. <laughs> I'm glad you still keep it up on your SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I wish I had more to say. I wish I had more to say, but I really don't. <laughs> Tell you. <laughs> um, next question from Delta Rose. <laughs> <laughs> what is your creative process, and how do you come up with ideas for your songs? Um, that's kind of difficult because I don't really have like a, a set process. It's usually just open up my DAW, either throw an idea that's down in my head, or um. You know, it gives me better. I guess one thing I have been doing recently, and I did, I think, for all, not all, uh, two of the tracks in my EP, was uh, starting off with just, like, one layer and then making that the base for the rest of the track. So for my tune, uh, Atmosphere, on my EP, um, I actually just start unpatterned throughout the whole entire track. So I laid out from, uh, not the intro, since there's no drums there, obviously, but where the drums initially kick in. Mm-hmm. I laid out the drums there and then had a break, laid out the drums in the second half, laid out the drums in the third half. So that allowed me to kind of structure how I wanted the track to go. I wanted to start off as this kind of like teacher bassy melodic tune and go into a simple, you know, like 4-4 pattern and then go into a drum and bass section at the end. Oh. And uh, it was cool because since only the drums were laid out, I didn't have a chord progression, I didn't have any inspiration, any ideas for anything. And it kind of made my whole process a lot more creative than it typically is because I had to work within the constraint of the drums, but at the same time, finding ways to make the whole track flow and not feel too separate from each other. Nice. That is good time. Big gamer moment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question from AU. How often do you have writer's block and how do you break it? I used to get it really often um, and I haven't anymore. And it's just because I've been so busy recently with just like um, the record label that I run, 04 Collective, um, school, and then just work on the side. Um, I haven't really been able to touch music at all much. And um, because of that, every time I go back to producing, I'm super, super inspired. And every single time I've been on FL, since I guess the start of last year, um, I always have ideas that I'm just putting out. Back when I used to get some serious writer's block, um, one thing I'd always do is try experimenting with different aspects of music. So instead of actually trying to create a song, maybe learn how to make your own drums or practice like transient processing on your drums or just work on mixing in general, learn how to master, find new samples, um, you know, connect with other artists. Uh, work on promotion for your music because at the end of the day, like 
music isn't just about the, the, the tunes that you're actually putting out, but um, about, you know, your branding as an artist and the way you portray yourself and the connections that you have and how you're doing your promotion. So with that said, I do think there's always some way that you can work on your music, even if you have writer's block. I'll just have to experiment and work in different areas. Cool. I'm sure you will appreciate this answer. <laughs> uh, speaking of writing, this is from Victor. Would you ever read the Oxford English Dictionary in one sitting? And if you would, how long would, how long do you think it would take you? Um, the Oxford English Dictionary, man. There's a Spanish one would be a different story, but I'd say uh, <laughs> maybe like okay. Are we talking about like actually reading like the definition and then also like all the little phrases under it and stuff? Or am I yeah, probably like, uh, I, probably like everything, like like one like back. the word and then everything underneath it, and then the next Gosh, word and everything underneath it, like the whole page. <laughs> I read quickly, so I'm going to say maybe like five days. I don't know if that's like a complete overstatement and the world record is like two weeks or something. But I'd say five days straight would, would be good enough. Um, and no, I don't think I would ever do it unless the uh, the outcome of me reading every single page of the English Oscar Dictionary was worth five days of starvation and constant reading. I mean, who said you'd be, who, who said it'd be starvation? <laughs> I mean, if, if y'all, like, I'll take it. <laughs> That's just five days of free living right there. <laughs> you gotta pay no food bills. <laughs> Straight up. All right. Um, this next question from StormWebZ. Uh, what made Clip a good platform for you to grow a fan base on? Clip was like just a big community at the time of uh, like aspiring producers and a lot of people that really just wanted to put out music for the sake of just showing what they can do to other people and maybe get, get grabbing some collabs or just thoughts and feedback on what they're working on. <clears throat> and it was a super open community, but at the time it didn't really have anything kind of set in stone. And um, that's kind of been something I've tried to work on is finding these small sites that have small communities and then working my way up in them by just being active, engaging with the community, and connecting whatever way I can. So with Clip, it was like I got on the site, um, I think it was three years ago. They had a completely different layout, completely different artists on it and everything. And uh, there was a lot of cool stuff being put out. And then every single like day almost, I was uploading a new clip. And then um, my first clip ever to get to the front page was with an artist named Light, and it was a future-based clip. And I remember when it got there on the top spot, it got like a ton of comments. I think it was like 20 or 30 or something. But at the time I wasn't really used to getting comments like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was super inspiring. I was like, damn, I, this was really cool. I want to keep doing this. And uh, I kept submitting to the front page. And as my music got better, I guess I became more familiar on the site. So people kept adding me, uh, or sorry, uploading my clips. And then I knew I was on the front page like every week for I think like a year and a half, almost two years or something. And I became the most followed person on the site. Um, since then, I've, I haven't really used Clip much. I've kind of just backed up from it, not because I don't care about it as much or I don't want to use it. Like I still love the site and I've been able to meet the team behind it and all the really great guys. But um, it, I just haven't had time to work on my own music, even like I mentioned before. And with that said, it's hard to 
be constantly uploading with a clip when either A, I don't have content, or B, it might not be content I'm allowed to share considering I don't really know what the plans for these tracks are. Mm. It be like that sometimes. It does, but I, I love Clip. The guys, like I said, that are on the team are, are all slowing down a little bit less because it started off, if I'm correct, as a university project and uh, eventually became this big site for producers, which is awesome. That's really cool. I'm, that's actually really cool. I like that. <laughs> um, next question from Hanavai. What's your ideal sandwich? My ideal sandwich, typically when I go to like Subway or something, I'll either get like a meatball or pizza sub, like a like a six inch of meatball or pizza of like a ham and cheese. But like if I'm getting a ham and cheese, it's got to be like a good ham. It can't just be like a normal. It's got to be like a Black Forest, like Ziggy's ham. Right? So you get a Black Forest Ziggy's ham. You always do Swiss cheese. Um, you know, you throw some, to- some tomatoes, some lettuce, but not too much lettuce. You know, you don't want to overflow it. If you can get leaf lettuce, that's a lot better than shredded lettuce. I'll tell you that right now. And that goes for burgers as well. Yeah, you get your your, your leaf lettuce. You know, if it's shredded, it's shredded, you know, whatever. And uh, a bit of mustard. And, um, and yeah, that's it. If you want to throw any other meats on it, you definitely can. But you want to throw any other vegetables on it, you're weird. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no tomatoes. <laughs> no, I said a little bit of lettuce, but no, uh, like, I don't know, black onions on that. <laughs> if you have tomatoes on your sandwich, you are legally required to turn yourself into the police. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know, man. If you're putting, you know, black peppers on your stuff. I swear I'm not racist against black vegetables, but like black onions, <laughs> black peppers. Not good, but I don't know. I, get you. It's, I think if you put all those vegetables on your sandwich, you're probably putting pineapple on your pizza, so I'm not going to judge you. Bro, okay. <laughs> Alright. Um, <laughs> next question from Bandu. Uh, it's not really a question. Huh. All right. Bandum says, Oh, hi, brother. I have a cooking tip for you. Want to oh. hear it? Tag yeah. me. <laughs> you have... <laughs> I have to tag him? You have to tag him. <laughs> Bandum, I want to hear it now. What is your cooking tip? I'm picking the wrong guy. You guys got to pan him for me. You're picking with me. <laughs> Next question, uh, from two people, Alpha, Alpha Swine and Wobble Ice. Who are your dream collaborations, if any? Um, mm-hmm, this is hard. Right now, I'd say my dream collaborations are probably Virtual Riot, Grant. Um, Virtual Riot, just because he's always been my favorite artist, always been my top artist in terms of like actually listening to streams. Um, and inspired a lot of my music, obviously, the start to my music career, if I even want to call it that. And then um, I think it would just be really interesting to pick up a lot of sound design tips on him and uh, see you know, his workflow and what he works. Just always watching his live streams has been a ton of help to my production, and I always get tips from there. And then I would want to do Grant just because I think he's one of those extremely experimental uh, artists when it comes to like actually synth design. Well, a lot of, you know, dubstep producers, electronic 
my producers focus on kind of like basses. Uh, Grant always has this really cool, wet, melodic, colorful texture and sounds. And not only that, but I noticed in a lot of his tunes, he has extremely, the only word I could use is like atmospheric mixes. And I've been taking a lot of inspiration from the way he mixes and pans certain elements to certain sides to really make you listening to a song not just feel like some type of like electronic song composition, but feel like something you can really delve yourself into and hear a lot of different aspects of music in different directions and things like that. I, I just see. think it's really super interesting. That is really neat. I'm glad you have people that you take inspiration from. <laughs> Gosh, I am so bad at this. Okay. Um, Storm. This is a question from StormWebZ. Who is your favorite artist that also has the name Sky in their alias? Um, also has the name Sky in their alias. I guess, I mean, the first one that comes to, I feel like I'm, I'm answering this incorrectly because I, I can't really think of everyone that has Sky in the name right now, but maybe, um, probably Crystal Skies, even though that's Skies and not SKY. But, anyways, um, their stuff's really good. Uh, I've been, I only started listening to them a little more recently. Uh, I know they actually checked out, I think they dropped a comment on my track, Celestial. And that's why I heard of them. And I felt bad because I feel like everyone thinks that I probably took the Skies name from them or something because it turns out, which makes sense, they did come before me, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, um, yeah, their stuff's really great. I listen to a lot of their music. It's in a lot of my Spotify playlists. And uh, I really love their collaborations with a lot of bigger artists because you can really hear how their sounds music their molds with a lot of uh, other people, which in a lot of collabs, you don't really hear too often because they're usually more one-sided. It's interesting how they are able to work their style. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to lead this into another question. What are sure. some artists that you like just in general? <laughs> um, I'm going to open up Spotify right now. <laughs> my I listen to I'd say, a lot of different artists. I don't say that there's like any in particular that shine out besides, I guess, you know, the classic artists, I guess, for me, like Virtual Riot, um, that I've just been consistently listening to for a long time now. But I can say my taste kind of always changes over time. Like recently, I've been listening to a lot of Glacier, his album or EP, you know, Monster Cat, uh, Retractor Story, for example, is insane. I love it. Good um, EP. Oh, or new tune, I can't I'll see you again, which has this really creative, colorful kind of drop. Um, Copycat's been making a bit of a comeback again. I used to listen to his music all the time, and I think he took a bit of a break, and it's so good to see him put up music again. And uh, Madion's new album, I've been in love with. I was on a trip to Peru recently, and I was there for two weeks with no Wi-Fi, and I had his music just on repeat while I was driving through the mountains, which is really nice. It's a tone setter. And then uh, generally, I guess all the artists on the four collective, and I, I swear I don't say that biased, but um, like every tune that we've put out on the label, like I have genuinely really, really enjoyed listening to. They're in my playlist and I actively listen to them all the time. Um, and I think that a lot of the artists on there have a ton of potential to be doing some crazy things in a couple of years. And uh, as they grow, I want to be able to grow as a collective and use our network to help push these guys because they definitely deserve it. That's a good thing. 
real quick, I'm just going to, I guess, mention some of the artists in case these people listening to this or in the playback. But um, yeah, definitely Jetto, Rushers, Def Sharp, Scythe, Famous Fear, uh, E Hulse, who's the assistant manager. Um, Schwinn released a phenomenal LP with us that I think deserves a lot more attention. And, um, and Fowler as well. All the guys, uh, Eli Derek that we've had, they've all just been really like substantial artists and a big part of making go forward is right now. Good. <laughs> I had to take a second to think about what to say. <laughs> uh, next question from Victor. What is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, man. See, this is the problem. Because I haven't played Pokemon in like three years. Oh, the no. first one that comes to mind. Oh, actually, I know what my favorite one is. I was going to say the first one that comes to mind is Oshawa. But I, I hate Oshawa just because the cartoons just like made it look so stupid. But anyways, um, my favorite one is probably Pansage. Because I had that guy and I forget what Pokemon game he was from. But I played it because I've played a lot of Pokemon games. I just don't remember which is from which. I got Pansage in one of my games, like, really, really early on. And I was like, yo, this green monkey dude is it. Like, he's just sick. And he <laughs> all the way to the Elite Four, the gyms, whatever. And I beat the whole game with him. He's level 100 now. He's, like, maxed out. He's got, like, crazy moves. He's got, like, some kind of fire move, even though he's a grass type. So I'm just next, and I, like, figured it out. <laughs> but, yeah, Pansage is, he's, he's a homie. He's a day one. Pansage is cool. That whole, like, grant, the whole, like, trio of elemental monkeys is pretty cool <laughs> i'm sure if i opened up my like old ds and looked at all my like party or whatever it is i'm i would probably maybe change that answer because who knows what other dudes i got in there but yeah pokemon's a throwback for me i used to play like insanely yeah po- pokemon's big 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 interest big nice <laughs> <laughs> i can't anguish anyway uh I guess we should continue on asking about your collective. Uh, this question's from June Sky. What made you decide to start O4 Collective? Um, ever since I started producing, I remember in my first year, um, I got a track signed to a label collective. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was at the time. It was called Timber Records. And uh, it was something started by a guy named Zeltro uh, Cameron, who I eventually became friends with. And uh, I met a lot of producers through him. It was really cool. But I really liked the idea that, you know, a record label or collective or something could not only expose you to a new art or audience, but introduce you to a bunch of really cool artists that I would eventually become really tight with at the time. And a lot of the guys on there I haven't talked to for a while now, but we still keep in touch every once in a while, which is nice to have. You know, that connection from back there is, is still existing. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I saw Timber Records wasn't like an established record label. It was something created by that guy, Cameron, who was a small artist at the time. I had a couple hundred followers. And um, it, I noticed like there were a lot of ways that I wanted to help make it better. And I almost considered asking him, uh, hey, would you want to hire me as a member of staff so I could help work on the label? And then I got a track signed to Rushdown and I noticed the exact same thing where I was telling myself, you know, maybe I want to ask to be a member of staff, but I didn't. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't really in my, my scheduling or I didn't have enough time to really be doing that. And I wanted to make sure I had the right experience and I wasn't just talking out of my ass sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely always had a passion for starting some sort of artist collective or some sort of collection of a bunch of just really cool guys that are putting out quality music. 
and uh, trying to help support each other. And um, with that said, I have always wanted to start a record label ever since I'd say my first year of producing. And I never got around to it because I knew that if I started one, it wasn't going to go anywhere because I don't have the right network. I don't have the right artists, um, the connections. And there's a ton of, I guess, just the big business side to running a record label that I've realized more and more now as I've been running O4 Collective that I knew wouldn't be possible back then. So once I hit my fourth year of production, I figured, you know what, this might be a good time to finally start that record label that I've always wanted to do. And, um, and that's why the name of the collective is O4 Collective. It's my fourth year of production. We launched our first track on June 1st, which is very, but not exactly uh, close to the anniversary of when I started producing. Mm. Uh, and it's really just, and that's why, even though it is a record label, we have collective in there because I want it to be a collection of artists that I do think deserve a better shot in the EDM industry, are great guys generally, and um, are going to help support each other in getting bigger. Uh, good. <laughs> great. Um, glad you want to help people out. That's actually really cool. Uh, really, I don't know, what's the right word? Selfless <laughs> of you? I don't know. Hey. Uh, next question from Monster. Uh, what's the best paper? <laughs> what is the best paper? What's the best paper? Um, you probably want to... Depends what you're talking about. If you're talking about writing, then just, you know, standard letter size paper, uh, line paper typically works best because then you can, you, know, you can write on the lines and you can keep your text nice and organized. But if you're talking about like printing, you know, I've been doing a lot of, uh, heavy matte cover prints. Those are definitely good for, you know, quick little printouts if you need to show for a class or something like that. It's not too expensive. You know, you'll end up spending a couple bucks unless you end up, uh, not going for a laser color. If you end up going for some kind of other cool color technique to really match your HSL colors then um, it's going to cost you a little bit more. But I hope that answer was informative and helped you somewhat select the type of paper that you should be using for different projects. Paper connoisseur right here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this man knows about paper. <laughs> I got to keep educated, man. I got I to stay here. Yeah, you, can't, you can't be paper skies and not know about paper. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next question from Fighter. What do you consider your greatest achievement and why? Um, I think my greatest achievement was starting up O4 Collective just because it was like, it went from being a passion project to something that I could really think could be a business in a couple of years. And that's why it really is a long-term project for me. I'm super excited to see how it will grow in the next five, even 10 years. And um, to finally have some, some more, I guess, direction in my life and uh, choosing, you know, the path that I really want to go down in terms of, like, I'm studying graphic design right now in university uh, downtown in Toronto, but um, the record label is always going to be something that I work on for the rest of my life, I'd love to say, um, unless obviously something horrible happens, which pray to God no what it doesn't. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's... It, was a big undertaking because from the day that I actually launched the label, even in the planning process, like I knew like this is a business that I'm going to need to work on for a very long time now. If I want to see it be successful, I'm willing to put in the time, I'm willing to put in the effort and seeing how it's grown. Even we haven't even been out for a year now and just the way that it's grown and the support that we've gathered um, from artists, from different record labels, um, from fans in general, and even like big teams like Spotify and SoundCloud that have taken note of us and we've been talking to some of them directly. 
it's just crazy how starting this record thing has impacted my view on the music industry and my life and you know potential career for me in the future. That's cool. <laughs> I'm you paper skies Canada man out here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have we have Canadians here today. Oh, oh boy! All right. I'm Next sure question. I'm being pinged. Good joke. Thank you. <laughs> uh, next question from Monster. What's your favorite key? Favorite key? Yes. What's your favorite like, key? K-E-Y? Key? Key. Like, I'm assuming like music key. Oh, musical key. <laughs> um, probably, um... Probably F minor because it's the key of a lot of dubstep tunes, and in every single atmosphere pack ever that I've downloaded, the F minor, um, it's just like samples always sound the best for some reason. Probably because they know that they're going to be used the most. But um, yeah, you, you get lucky with the F minor samples; they usually turn out pretty nice. Good. I F F minor is the top tier key. That's what we heard. That's what we heard today. F. F. <laughs> um, next question from Fighter. Oh, I know. We already did that one. Why didn't someone remove that one? Okay. Next question uh, from On. What was, what is your dream? What was your dream job as a kid? If you didn't have one, would you expect, do you expect, like, did you expect that you would be what you are today? My dream job as a kid was to be a famous singer and when i was in grade five um i started like um i got my a, a keyboard i had one earlier than grade five but i started playing it a lot more and um learning a bunch of like pop songs that i listened to on the radio a lot of like bruno mars um and things like that um i started learning a bunch of their songs on the piano and singing along with it mm-hmm. and then in my old elementary school in grades six and seven and eight also, uh, I performed in my school's talent show and uh, I would play the piano and sing Bruno Mars songs every time. I think I did one non Bruno Mars song once uh, in like the four times I did it or something like that. But it went really well for me. And I'd always have people come up to me after these little talent shows and be like, wow, you're the next Justin Bieber. Because I was a white kid with blonde hair. And <laughs> so, um, you know, it was really inspiring, I guess. And then in grade nine, I don't know why I completely dropped uh, the whole singing thing and the piano. And um, as a result, started picking up my like EDM production. And I think that shifted kind of my focus. But at the end of the day, I've always wanted to be in that music area. And I've really loved just the whole music scene and live performance. So that's why I'm, I'm playing my first show uh, April 18th in Toronto. Oh. And I'm overwhelmed that this is happening, even though it's going to be a small venue and it's, it's nothing crazy. It's not like a headline show. Um, it's just going to be a big moment for me to realize that I've finally been able to have a live performance where people are actually coming out because they want to see particularly me. And um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, definitely not, won't be singing at my show. Uh-huh. Or anything like that. But, um, you know, the, the memory of me as a kid doing that is always going to be there. That's cute. <laughs> um, that's really cool that you got like a show going. Yeah. April really 18th. Nice. That's really cool. 
I'm, that's, I'm glad that you were able to make it happen and you achieved your dream as being a big performer dude. <laughs> uh, next question from me. Uh, if a giant fan was force- forcefully blowing air at you, what leg would you put in front of you to stop you from falling backwards? Uh, my left leg, so my right leg's stronger, so I would hold down with them, and then I'd probably bend my back towards the fan so it can't like really bend me. Or option two is um, I just jump and just let the fan take me. <laughs> I just pray to God there's not like a wall of spikes or something behind me. <laughs> you screw this fan. Screw this fan. No, it's science. Being on the ground just gonna yeet into the air and see what happens. <laughs> as long as you do a flip, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright. Uh, next question from Hara. What type of person are you? What type of person am I? That's the question. What type of person right. are you? <laughs> it's hard for me to answer because I don't want to sound like, I don't know, what's the word? Like, when you talk good about yourself or anything? Narcissistic? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't know. I'd say I'm genuinely a nice, or sorry, generally a nice person to uh, everyone that I meet. Um, I'd say I'm the kind of person that tries to bring people together, even if they have their differences. And uh, I always try to be really understanding. Um, I think it's reflected a bit in my branding as paper skies. Like, I reply to every single comment on all my social media: SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, uh, if Spotify did, I bet I would. YouTube, Newgrounds, Clip. Um, and I try to engage as much as possible because my ideology is if someone is willing to go out of the way to support my music, the least I can do is let them know that I'm appreciative of it because there's no support I find nowadays from a lot of artists where, you know, if you leave a repost or a like and a comment on someone's song, you know, what are you getting back from it? Like, yes, it's, it's great that you're supporting that artist, but at the same time, I think a thank you goes a long way. That's kind of a say of what I try to do is make people feel included. And uh, not only that they're listeners to me, but that they're, um, you know, actually important to me. Yeah, like people and stuff behind the screen. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's, it's good. I'm glad. That's good. Um, next question from Victor. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Um, a woodchuck would probably chuck enough wood to chuck a woodchuck wood. But that's probably about like three serums, two backflips, and four bowls of quarter pops extra value. Wow. That is some amounts of stuff. <laughs> That that's that's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> um, next question, also from Victor. Uh, if you were to travel in time, would you travel to the past, the future, or would you try to stay right now and not leave at all? I would definitely not go to the future because I'm <laughs> I'm just scared about what's what's happening. I think. If you go to the future, it's 
becomes kind of defined for you. Like it's harder to change because mm-hmm. uh, it's always in the back of your head about what you did see. So I would definitely not do the future because I'm excited to just naturally live out my life and see how things go. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I will, I guess I would stay in right now because I'm a very in the moment person, but if I had the option to quickly go to the past and not intervene with it to change my timeline or anything, like I wouldn't change anything in the past, but I would love to just go back and see myself as a kid, either A, performing on stage, like I said there, or B, just working on music. And like, I would love, I would absolutely love, and I've thought this a million times over, um, to show my old self, my music and be like, check this out, man. This is what you're going to make in a couple of years. Cause I know back then as a kid, I would have broken into tears and started crying because I never thought I could not imagine that my music would get to where it is now. And I really did just start producing for the passion and for the love of it. And because I saw this one virtual riot live stream and I was like, Oh damn, you don't need all the money to start producing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just know if I showed because I, I that was the question I always asked myself when I first started producing my first year. It was like in um in a couple like what does it feel like to hold a project file this cool? I would listen to music from Jetto and listen to music from artists named Bloom, especially and Virtual Riot. Listen to those guys, those three a ton in my first uh, year of production, and I would just always think like, how insane must it be? to have the project file to this song and like, no, like this is my song. Like I have like a quote unquote banger in the works, you know what I mean? That people are going to enjoy. Um, you know, and now I'm working on projects and like, as I hope this doesn't come across as egotistical, but I know when I put it out, there are going to be thousands of people that see it and enjoy it. And it's so mind blowing to me to know that like there, that I have works that people are genuinely going to enjoy. It's not just me doing it for me now. It's me doing it for myself. Yes. But in the process, you know, also pleasing a lot of people that are just looking for good music. And, um, if I went to the past and I showed my old self, I would, yeah, probably break into tears because I would just be so happy that I'm able to do what I'm doing now. That's wholesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's really wholesome. Uh, I just I just want to see what my reaction would be back then. So. That's cool. All right. Uh, next question from Hara. What are you having for dinner? <laughs> um, for dinner today, I'm not too sure. The plan is uh, once this AMA ends, I'm uh, heading downtown with a friend to work on a school projects, and we're probably going to grab dinner there. Uh, we usually grab pho or hot pot, if you know what those are. Um, it's like Asian dishes, kind of noodles. But uh, yeah, they're they're hella good, and I I hope we can have that today. But if not, I'll probably go with a cheaper option and just grab McDonald's. McDonald's is always a safe bet. Actually, let me intervene real quick. There's this um, place called the Italian Eatery outside of my school, so I'm going downtown to my school to work. And um, across the street from my school, there's this Italian eatery. It's not actually like an Italian restaurant. It's just like a little you know like food booth thingy, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll cook you a full bowl of spaghetti, like a nice, chunky bowl of spaghetti, like more spaghetti than one serving is typically given out in. And it's like good. And it's four bucks. Like My four dollars. And you get this massive bowl of spaghetti and it's crazy good. Oh and I was like, oh my God. And then not only that, but I live like an hour and a half from downtown. So it takes me an hour and a half to get to school. And the lady that works at the Italian eatery 
is like this like Asian lady and she's like really cute and really old. And I was like, I wonder, I was like, I swear I've seen you before. Hopefully that's not weird. And she was like, I think I've seen you before too. And I was like, really? And then we kept talking and it turns out she like lives down the street from me. (laughs) All the time on this already absurdly cheap spaghetti, which is so good. So I might get that tonight. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's like you get four dollars and you get a you get a thick bowl of spaghetti. That's pretty good. Yeah, sometimes you get meatballs too. You know. Dang, dang! That is that is that is the, that is the deal. That's what you do. That's that's the strat right there. Four dollars spaghetti. Hundred percent. For a moment. Okay. Next question from Monster. What's the most tracks you've ever used on a project um the most mixer tracks or the most like tracks tracks i don't know if he's here to answer that uh yeah he's here i don't know what is it no, tracks tracks, tracks, tracks. <laughs> okay tracks tracks i think i've used like 70 or 80 and that was in a collab with uh, an artist named lavin uh who's a buddy of mine named marky he used to help me run 04 collective actually but he dropped out just because he said it was a bit too much work and uh, he wanted to focus on his own music, his own life, and be a little bit less uh, Discord savvy, which I appreciate. But um, he was definitely super, super technical. And uh, he's actually, I'd say, the guy that helped me improve the most in terms of my production. Because even though he wasn't like a set in stone, like popular artist, didn't really have a huge fan base, he was extremely talented and just genuinely interested in the technical side of music. And he'd spend a lot of his time just watching videos about new plugins coming out or like artist track breakdowns or things like that to really learn more about it. Mm-hmm. And then he would pass that information on to me. So we have like four collabs in the works that never saw the light of day and are basically canceled at like say. Hopefully maybe one day we can bring one back. But um at the moment they're never gonna be put out. But um yeah, there's one tune that we had together and it was just so detailed the amount of like automation that he had, the amount of like small background details that were somehow actually noticeable because usually when you have that much background uh it kind of gets washed out but he had a really good way of mixing and a good way of placing things in the stereo field so you really notice what's going on and um we used a lot of tracks in that project i remember mm-hmm. and then in terms of mixer tracks just some uh, if that is a question that's going to come up maybe or something um i have used all the mixer tracks before and that's one pet peeve i have at fl studio is that it only has, what is it now, like 125 mixer tracks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer because they were like, oh, we're going to fix the problem. We're adding more mixer tracks. And it's like, no, can you just give us unlimited mixer tracks, please? Because I, I'm going to use all of them again at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like, my music now, especially recently, like I do EQ every single sound individually because I do think that they all need to slightly sit in a different place in your mix if you want to make everything absolutely noticeable. And I've noticed a huge quality boost in my music uh, since my EP because I've been doing that. But yeah, oh my god, these mixture tracks get annoying. <laughs> 600 mixture tracks. <laughs> <laughs> we need one million. One million. Literally yeah. as many mixture tracks as the population of California. Yeah, that's great. They should just update how many mixture tracks there are based on the live count of the population. Yeah. Just like, oh, there's, there's, there is uh, two less than yesterday. Fading in and out of existence, just popping in and out. Like <laughs> <laughs> a little stock market, it just goes up and down. <laughs> just like buy shares. 
like sell your mixer tracks for more profit. <laughs> I had this one like fully sample routed to like mixer track like ten million four hundred and twenty seven. But the population right now is ten million four hundred, so we just got to leave. Dang. Dang, man. Alright, next question from Nodge. How did you learn mixing from the bottom up? Um, well, again, I've been producing for almost five years now, so I've kind of just learned over time. Again, Marky was a huge, huge help at, uh, you know, learning a bunch of new mixing tips and things. But, um, I like to separate it kind of into groups. There's like basic EQ should be the first thing that you learn. And then after that, um, I would learn about compression, like, you know, using OTT and a multiband compressor and how different compressors kind of leave you with different sounds and, uh, do different things. And then once you do that, um, I would experiment with like stereo fields, like, you know, knowing the difference between something that's really mono, something that's really stereo and where everything should genuinely sit in your mix, uh, if you want to have things proper. And that's why, again, I, I said that Grant is an awesome reference because listening to his music, I can like actually audibly hear where he has everything sitting in his mix. And I use that reference exactly in my recent tunes to make things sound really clean. Um, once you've got that, I would go towards dynamic and stereo uh, EQ or mid and side EQ um, and dynamic EQ, just because that brings your EQ to a different level and also helps your tracks uh, sound either you know a lot thicker or thinner, punchier, drier, however you want your song to sound. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, just random external things. Like if you want to you know, get into like you know, a lot of the Ozone plugins, like Ozone Imager, Ozone Dynamics, uh, Pro Q2, not Pro Q2, um, let's say, uh, I guess Pro C2, but the, the compressor that they have is really good. But a bunch of uh, Ozone plugins, and then whatever you can get your hands on, because once you have those basics, it's really just about how are you going to be different than everyone else and do something different or mix things differently. And there's no more tutorials for that. You reach a point where it's like, you know, you don't learn the basics. You don't search up basic tutorial on YouTube anymore. You're searching up new plugins and you're searching up new techniques and searching up artist breakdowns and how they do things differently than other people and how you can create that show. That's really cool. <laughs> uh, mixing stuff. Great. <laughs> Good. You learn how to put stuff together in a mix and it's good soft smooth yes okay there's only like one minute till 11 o'clock and i was kind of supposed to keep it to an hour so i don't think we have enough time for another question unless i did like a quick one (laughs) um let's do this one from q what's your opinion on cardboard my opinion on cardboard? Yes. Um, great for storing things. Uh, I'm not a huge, huge fan of cardboard because um, I used to work in the food industry and we get a lot of cardboard boxes with things in them and it was really annoying having to fold them up and throw them out all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like you get this really big box and it folds up into this really small thing and it's like, that's cool. We got to fold them and it's annoying. So I don't know. I got a bit of PTSD with cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I go, so, uh, I can't. So, completely hypothetical scenario because I don't have a passport. But uh, if I went to your show on April 18th and I brought, and I, we did meet and greet, and I brought you a cardboard box, would you be scared? 
I might break down and start crying and then have an aneurysm on the <laughs> hospital. But you know what? You're more than welcome to. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll sign that box before every seed falls in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's about, <laughs> that's about an hour of stuff. That's an hour. That's an hour. Cool. So if okay, so if if you got places to go, then this would be the time to head out. But yeah. if you ain't got anything to do and you're able to stay for a little bit longer, we have a little bit more questions. <laughs> um, let me quickly check something. Um, you know what? Throw, I'd say throw two or three more questions at me if you can, and I got that. All right. So this one is from Saiyan Warrior Thirty One. Yep. When did you kick off on YouTube? Um, I started on YouTube with my first. I'm gonna go through the track. Of my first upload was. It was. I believe it was when I released my Skies EP. Yes, it was. So that was two years ago. Um. Yeah, I released that EP and I created my first ever like motion visual for um, something. Uh, and ever since, like, I started off doing all the, the motion visuals for 04 Collective on YouTube, if you guys have ever seen them. Um, I basically just animate the album covers. And it was the first time I'd done something like that for one of my own tracks. And it was really fun. I enjoyed doing it. And since then, I've had a little bit of kind of motions on my YouTube page. But I want to expand a lot more and uh, really grow my YouTube. And uh, maybe not this year, but I'd say next year. Because this year, I have no... Uh, releases purely set in stone. Um, it's kind of just been all over the place. I'm working on a lot of tracks and I do think I will obviously be putting out music this year, but, um, I'd like to say 2020 is, or sorry, 2021 is going to be, uh, my big year of actually pushing my music, pushing a lot of releases each month and, uh, releasing on bigger labels. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I was listening. I just got something on my Discord. Anyway, uh, <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you do like motion visuals and stuff. That's pretty cool. I'd like I'd like to do stuff like that too, but I don't have the motivation or the time to learn After Effects. <laughs> uh, question. Next question from Enum. Ott on master. Pineapple on pizza. <laughs> um, you're basically saying the same things, which is not allowed. <laughs> Yeah, with UP on the master, I uh, I wouldn't recommend for anybody. If you want that like really compressed, tight OTT sounds, then just put OTT on like almost all of your mixer tracks, and you'll get the same thing. You don't need to have it on everything. If you throw an OTT on your master, and now that OTT is crunching your sub, your sub's gonna sound a little little janky, you know. And for some people, it works. You know, I th- I'd like to say that there are artists that do it, but. No, it's, it's not that bad, but at the same time, like, you shouldn't be throwing an OTT on your mouth. <laughs> it's not that bad, no, and it does lead to a certain type of sound mixing. It's not as horrible as people claim, yes. But, like, you know, if you're really looking to get better at mixing, maybe don't throw an OTT on your master is all I'm saying. That's a good tip. I mean, I'm, I'm just waiting for, like, AU5 to be like, Okay, guys, I just figured out this really cool technique. OTT on the master is the way to go. And I'm <laughs> yeah, I did. 
I'm going to sound like the biggest dumbass by saying that. But yeah, I don't recommend OTT on the master. <laughs> like AU5, like, comes out on another, like, four producers, Andrew Huang video. Yeah, I yeah. put OTT on the master for, like, how you always in a nightmare. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's good. Do it. It's 100% safe, legit, legal. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, alright. I think, so, so wait, there's one, there's one last thing from Edo. He says, sound good eyes are better than OTT. <laughs> um, I would disagree. I'd say OTT over sound, wait, what is it again? Sound good eyes are any day. Just because, like, sound good eyes is just a big fat saturator. It's just going to make your stuff go from like boom, boom to like boom. <laughs> I really don't want that. I don't want it to go from like to like boom boom, like the other way around, you know? <laughs> I understand. That's a pretty good example. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, I got a text from said friend that uh, they need more time. So uh, I do have more time to answer some questions. All right, cool. I don't know. Well, we have one. That I wasn't gonna read because soul rights don't. But there's so I'll skip that and I'll go to another question from Para. When's the song that you played in a server yesterday coming up? Um I played in a server yesterday coming up. I don't know what they mean, but like master? Para. Okay, so yeah, I played two tunes uh, yesterday in two separate servers, one in each, um, that were unreleased. So I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about. There was Broken and Rebello are the names of them. Spoilers! But um, yeah, those are two tracks that I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really excited for and I think are a lot better uh, than you know the tracks that I've been putting out recently. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I have no clue when those are coming out. The track Broken... If that's the one that is very uh, melodic and has a lot of the watery sounds, I'm not sure if that's the one you're referring to. I'm just waiting for some vocals on that track, and then I'm going to start sending out some labels immediately. And then the one that's very aggressive and glitchy, um, that one I have no plans for yet because it's not finished up, but I think I can get it finished within the next two weeks as long as I actually have time to work on it. That's pretty good. I'm excited. I'm very excited. That's really neat. Uh, okay, next question from uh, Storm. Storm. Storm Waves. Storm Waves. Storm Z. What was the worst question? The worst question that I've got? Yeah. The worst question you got today. Today? Today. Um... I don't know, like maybe the cardboard one or <laughs> I wanted to tell the cardboard. So I mean, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, this, they had, they've all been you know fun questions. I don't even mind the, the more joking ones just because you know it's nice to take a little break and just talk about my favorite sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, it's always a good time. Speaking about yeah, no, joke questions, if you have. Yeah, I don't know, hey, storm is typing to me. What is storm, what is storm going to say? 
bestow, bestow your amazing wisdom upon my knowledge brain. Give me your knowledge. Allow me to have your stuff. Oh, I stopped typing. Okay. <laughs> where are the questions being sent to? Are people just DMing Storm? Uh, secret classified information. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, question from Solarai. What? Why do they call it oven? Why do they call it oven when you oven in the cold food? Oven out hot, eat the food. <laughs> um, I'm gonna completely neglect a question and talk about how in my house I have a microwave oven. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a microwave and an oven in one. And it's really crazy. Like, actually, like, crazy. But, um, I don't know why they call it that. I think it's just like, this is the of in. It's not like of in. It's O-V, like E-N. It's not mm-hmm. like I-N. So it's not like the food actually goes in. Like, there's, it's like, I'm more concerned about, like, why, you know, Greenland is, like, hella cold and has lots of snow, and then Iceland is, like, hella grassy and, like, doesn't have as much or anything. Those are, like, the bigger questions in life that I'm really left to wonder. That is very deep. I'm 14. This is deep. This, These are questions. These are the real questions we should be asking in today's society. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? All right. I'm getting beat up to go do stuff so I have so I'm gonna end it right here uh I guess to I guess to end it uh do you have anything you wanna like announce to the people or talk about like new stuff coming out um I don't know if this is being like posted anywhere afterwards or if this is just a live thing but I mean regardless like thanks to like anyone listening because I know um I'm gonna assume that not like a huge amount of people are gonna hear this so for the ones that are, you know, it shows me that, you know, you guys are, are there for me and I appreciate the support. Um, it does mean a lot. And again, like I said, you know, if anyone's willing to support my music, at least I can do to say thank you. So like, I actually do appreciate everyone that was here genuinely. Um, I really appreciate the questions and you guys like trying to keep things interesting. And I hope I can give some kind of interesting, insightful answers because, um, you know, at the end of the day, I care a lot about, you know, you guys and the fact that you're allowing me to enjoy doing what I'm doing more than just, you know, producing songs for myself. The fact that other people are listening to it, other people are supporting me, that other people appreciate what I do. Um, it means the world because it's, it's building something. It's, it's turning a dream of mine into, you know, a possible career, which is mind blowing. And I really hope that one day I can continue, um, you know, a lot more full time with my music. Uh, at the moment, I'm focusing on the whole graphic design stuff. But um, if it ever does come again, where you know music can be a uh, a full time career choice for me, I'm going to be extremely thankful for small moments like these and for the people that, while I was growing, were willing to support me in the beginning. So thank you guys. Nice. That's cool. Got stuff coming up soon. At least I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd say in terms of music, um, I don't have anything really set right now. And I'm going to be just blatantly honest. I don't think anything will be coming out for the next few months, just because typically when you send a song to a label, um, you know, they want to give you a couple months in advance because they'll have their schedule filled up. But um, no plans right now, which means music could potentially be coming soon. But realistically, I'm going to say nothing for the next few months. But 
when something does finally come out, it, I promise it will be consistent after that. I will be releasing music more frequently and the quality will consistently be going up. So I think that is something to be excited for. All right, cool. Well, I don't, well now we have to end it now. I know Alex does like a cool, fancy intro, so I just like, do like a Omni News thing. Uh, this was Omni Asks. I was the host, Ico. <laughs> I am Michael, I am the host, and we had Paper Skies as a made person. If everyone wasn't muted, I would ask everybody to give a round of applause, but everyone's muted. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna do that. But <laughs> uh, um, this has been Omnius, and I hope everybody listening had a good time. And I hope everybody here had a good time, and I hope Mr. Paper Skies here had a good time. I hope everybody had a good time.